Good afternoon, everybody. This is uh, Lowland Cycling, episode 43 already, Sunday, February 19th. Um, it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern US, and uh, we have another episode of Cycling Talk. We have our complete crew with us. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. Doing great. Doing well. So what have you been up uh, to this this weekend? I hope you got some cycling in. I believe Jeff and Stuart, you went out with the, the Willowdale group. Yeah, it was a small group this week, but Stuart and I were um, in the last four that were making it to the finish line, and we were uh, one-two punching them, so it was good. <laughs> so good teamwork, right? Yeah, it was It was fun. Uh, yeah, the, as Jeff said, there was a pretty small, small crew this week. It was quite cold and uh, felt colder due to the wind, so there weren't many people out there. But yeah, then there was just four of us, and yeah, Jeff and I had a good time putting the uh, TBR crunch on the other two dudes of making <laughs> turns attacking. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always yeah. nice. And Jeff, you you rode from home, so you did you know a little over seventy miles, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I ride up to Westchester and meet those guys. We ride down, but um, you know, Wellowdale. I think a lot of people say it's the ride that's too slow and then too fast. <laughs> <laughs> and the fast part is like a full-on race uh which is what we all look forward to you know we're like <laughs> just you know rubbing our hands together waiting for that fast part to come so yeah. it never disappoints right no it's always a good time well, those were some, how about you guys some some good base miles then and, and a little bit hurt but uh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah how about you jack i had a great week it was pretty mild for february i mean i got over 200 miles in this week and wow, uh and nice. uh 50, only 50 of them indoors which is uh which is pretty sweet for uh for february absolutely so that was a happy celebrated valentine's day riding with my wife we're both cyclists so awesome. that's uh you couldn't ask for uh you couldn't ask for a better way to to uh, celebrate valentine's day it's the only thing I'd is say that, you, that you have to bring your backpack with the rose petals that you can we've been married long enough to all those roses stuff that's beyond us right. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, what were you gonna say uh Stuart? Oh, no, I was just saying, you know, on, on one hand, that's awesome that you get to ride with your wife. But on the other hand, uh, do you get to get away from her to go ride on your own? You might oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like today, I went out and rode uh, by my, you know, with uh, with another friend and she went out to ride with a couple of her friends. So, yeah, awesome. it worked, worked out great. That's perfect. Yeah, I got some uh, riding in yesterday um on on the trainer two hours then uh, jeff was so kind to uh to help uh building up my uh my my gravel bike um, so i uh, changed out the um the mecha mechanical shimano you know 105 group set for a uh, um, shram force uh, access uh group set so that was uh, that was pretty cool i don't know jeff you've built much more bikes but uh, there is there is always something <laughs> Yeah, right. there's always something. Absolutely, yeah. I think I visited, you know, four bike shops to find a bracket for my front um, a brake. Uh, and, you know, um, I ended up going to Shirks um, um, near uh, what's called uh, Honeybrook. And mm. uh, they, uh, they they didn't have the bracket. It doesn't exist. That you know, the 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 fork in my gravel bike is a mountain bike fork 
or at least a spacing, you know. And um, so that a bracket like that probably exists, but nobody had it. So I ended up uh, getting a, a mountain bike uh, uh, caliper. Um, and mm. uh, luckily it worked uh, with, uh, you know, the, the excess uh, uh, brake levers. Um, so Jeff uh, was able to, uh, to get everything fixed. So, you know, uh, and today I had uh, my brake in right. And uh, so everything went well. Um, uh, and I was able to, to get home in one piece. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sweet ride. So I'm Great. super nice. happy with that. Super. The, sh- the shakeout ride is always a questionable one where, uh, am, am I going to make it home? It's right. one of those ones where you meet the front door and say, honey, this is where I'm going. Keep, keep attention yeah. to yeah. your phones. Yeah. I might need to call for an emergency pickup. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it uh, worked out, uh, worked out great. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm stoked to, uh, to make use of that bike, uh, very often, uh, this season. So. You know, for the listeners, we have a couple of things, a pro cycling update. You know, there's been a ton of racing already so early in the season and especially this, uh, uh, this, this weekend, we have, uh, some stuff in the tech corner, uh, some new interesting tech, uh, technology, uh, concerning cycling. Uh, we have an update on the local race races and rides. And then at the, uh, the end, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, more updates uh, from the cycling industry. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically what uh, what we're going to lay out for you today. Where to start with the, uh, the the pro cycling update? If I would summarize the racing, is that the big players are are showing tremendous form. So we had uh, the Ruta del Sol, where uh, uh, Pogacar, uh, Michelanda, Enrico Mas, you know they. They were duking it out, but you know, Pogacar was was amazing. Um, did you see any of that uh, that race, uh, guys? Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, just the the speed in which he attacks is just insane. I mean, yeah, it's just crazy to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that, like the an overlay of his numbers, his power numbers. Yeah, yeah, his acceleration is just off the chart. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he always, you know, it's almost like um, not even a, a, a two-stage two rocket. He has three or four, you know, he just yeah, can yeah, keep yeah. on going. And uh, so that's that's pretty amazing. So there were five stages um, in this tour. He won, Pogacar won um, the overall, uh, but he won um, three out of the five stages. Um, so that was uh, very, very impressive. Um, Tim Wellens, who also rides for UAE, uh, won the, the third stage and then uh, today it was uh, Omar Freyla who uh, non-UAE um, won the, the, the final stage but uh, and, yeah. and actually I, I thought Kobe was going to get it because UAE was going for the clean race sweep mm-hmm. for yes. everyone mm-hmm. and uh, they definitely put a but to your point of Pogachar's strength it seemed like he pulled too hard today at the bottom and kind of blew up everybody including his own team and kind of killed both Wellens and Kobe's legs, because uh, yeah, Kobe definitely ran out of juice today. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, Pogacar is surprised about his form um, already so early in the in the season. Uh, but uh, you know, that's gonna that's gonna be very exciting for uh, you know the, the the spring classics soon to come. Um, and yeah. then and then and then we had the. Um, 
Tour de Algarve in Portugal. And, um, you know, yesterday's stage was a, a mountain mountain stage um, and uh, Pitcock rode extremely well. Uh, similar to, to Pogacar, actually, where he was just, just, it feels like, you know, he's, he's testing. Okay, can you hang on? Okay, I'll go again. Are you still able to hang on? Okay, I'll go again. And it's just thinning out the, the group over and over and, and but com in complete control, it looks like. I a, wonder how yeah. much uh, direct impact both his and Pogachar's early season explosivity has to do with cyclocross. Because, you know, obviously Pidcock does a ton of cyclocross, mm -hmm. but Pogi has as well. He's did his fair few races and, um, those two were, were, you know, in their separate races, were both very strong with uh, with their ex explosivity. They were they were on fire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it just seems like no one's taking off seasons anymore, right? No, I mean, it seems no. like these guys just they do they're doing something all year, and then the training camps is really just a, a tune up. So, I mean, you know, we have uh, Pitcock coming right out of winning races to go into these training camps and then coming out and winning races, right? So there's no downtime for him. No, absolutely not. And, but we did talk about it, right? That, uh, um, although he did a lot of cyclocross races, it is, is his main focus didn't seem to be on cyclocross, um, right. uh, because he wanted to, you know, you know, just have a tremendous, spring season and uh, i think he's he's riding most of the races um, starting next week with uh, omlope at folk mm -hmm. uh, which is the 27th uh, more on that a little later uh, but you know that was the pitcock you know he did great another rider which is in really good form is uh, magnus court you know mm -hmm. the mustache uh, guy from uh, from denmark um so tremendous strength also um, especially in the shorter punchier ride so not sure how many you know spring classics he's gonna do but you know um, he most likely will and you know somebody to take uh, to to keep in account to, to add on to magnus court uh that guy is such a character have you guys <laughs> heard about uh what he does for some of his celebration Oh man, yeah. it's actually it's a little bit too rated R to share uh, openly mm -hmm. on a podcast. But bottom line is, uh, when he has victories, like he won, I think it was the last year at the Tour de France, and he was talking about after he won, he sent a video to all of his buddies of him totally naked, letting it all hang out there, flying the helicopter in a video yeah. that he sent to all of his buddies to help <laughs> his victories. Uh, <laughs> what a character i can't imagine what he was doing this year and sending to his buddies after right exactly two stage wins and then the yellow for a while and uh it's good to have good to have characters like that yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. you know and i think the, the science these days and how much these riders are tested i mean it's it's nothing is by chance i mean their teams know when they're overtraining they know when they're getting you know uh you know to the point where they need to take a break i mean it's it's the the science is so much more advanced today than it uh, than it was even just a few years a few years back to think the level of of information that they have about the fitness levels and and when they're dropping off and what they need to do to peak it's it's uh it's pretty amazing yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 truly at another level the the performance but you know everything supporting that performance 
absolutely 100%. The uh, today was a um, individual time trial, um, which <laughs> which was interesting too, um, because you know Pitcock had another um, main role in that uh, in that time trial. Uh, did did anyone of you see what happened? No, I hadn't seen it. No, today. I didn't see that one. I, I saw that. I didn't see the full thing, but I definitely saw the clip of him putting those cross skills to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he there was a left left turn, and I think he just came with too much speed, and there was this you know slopey hill with some rocks, and you know, so he actually went off, and he he basically rode the slopey hill, <laughs> which was packed, packed dirt on the side. Um, and um, he was basically able to hop back back on the track and and just proceed as, as if nothing happened, uh, <laughs> which was you know on a time trial bike you know that. Um, remember, Not known for their handling. Yeah. No, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and you know there was months ago a talk you know about Bernal and obviously what happened with uh, uh, Chloe Digard you know with uh, the, the the guardrails. And um, even, you know, if you think further back, um, Van Aert in the Tour de France where he went out mm. and, you know, had a, you know, very traumatic injury um, on his on his hip, upper leg, you know, talk about, you know, time trial bikes are too dangerous because when you, you lose it, you lose it. There is there is no saving um, mm -hmm. the, the time mm -hmm. trial bike. And, uh, you know... Um, you see that happening a lot with uh, uh, triathletes, right? They they only ride their uh, time trial bike most of the time, and uh, you know when they crash, they always crash pretty hard because you know they lose control of their of their time trial bike. So yeah, but uh, Bitcoin was able to save it. So if you uh, for the listeners, if you go out to uh, to YouTube and you. Um, Algarve and Pitcock, um, it will come up. It's a, it's a pretty amazing save. <laughs> <laughs> we had some uh, e-racing, actually the World Championships e-racing um, hosted on, uh, on, on Swift um, ye um, yesterday. Yeah. I thought it was what a pretty interesting format. I was going to say, what would you, what'd you think of that new format? I, I, I liked it. So a little bit, I, I, you know, overall, I think I liked it. Um, so there were, uh, there were basically three races. Um, the first race was with everybody. Um, so there were about, I don't know, 70 or 80 or 90, you know, the, uh, mm -hmm. you had the, the men's pro and the women's pro. And, you know, the first round they narrowed it down basically to the to the first the first thirty. So the first thirty would go into the second round, and then they narrowed it down to ten, and they went on to the um, the third round. And a third round was basically um, like a crit course, um, and then every lap somebody would be um, relegated. Um, um, and there would be nine left, eight left um, until the final three, and then the final three would basically um, uh, go for the for the for the for the win. Um, so that was the format. What 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 did you think, uh, Jack? 
Yeah, I thought it was rather interesting. Um, you know, it's it's something very different, and and frankly, I think that's the fun part of the the e racing, the esports, is that it is different. You know, those those of those folks that that tune in and expect to see a road race are going to be disappointed. But that's not what the e racing is all about. It's a different format, and and I think shaking it up a bit like this is uh, makes it interesting. Certainly was stressful for the for the riders. Uh, they they faced elimination every time. Yeah, sort of like the uh, three rounds of uh, qualifying for Formula One. You know, <laughs> that's what it mm. reminded me of. Yeah, and it was so. So to be specific, there were eighty six riders starting the men's race, the initial one, the the, the first race, and there were uh, seventy. Oh no! Also, eighty-seven um, for the for the women's. Um, so that was there was the same amount of uh, of, of riders, and yeah, for the most, the pack, um, you know, worked together. Um, so if you you know the the drafting dynamics in Swift are are pretty you know severe severe so there is no there were no breakaways, no big surprises. I believe last year. You know, uh, at some point, and I believe it was the women's where, you know, a couple of riders from the same country basically broke off and they did a, mm-hmm. a team time trial and it, they almost almost got it. Um, but there was not nothing of that uh, in this race. It was also shorter, um, so 15, 20 minutes uh, per, per race. Um, so not a, not a huge effort, uh, but so, still very impressive. You know, the nice thing is that you do actually see how much what what's per kilogram and then when they zoom mm-hmm. in on a specific rider you can see you know the heart rate the the watts that they're pushing um etc and that's uh you know that's that's a, a good level of detail there good good insight and it in- interesting is that uh, they were all on the on the wahoo trainer version six with race mode which we talked about last week <laughs> right, right. nice uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was um, so yeah, I liked it. Um, so for the men, um, Bjorn Andre Andreasen uh, from Denmark won. Uh, Jason Osborne, you know the rower that we spoke of last yeah, week, he yeah. came in second. The, the um, man with the hair. The man with the hair. It's yeah. just like you know a lot of <laughs> a lot of hair. <laughs> Very blonde. A lot of hair. So, um, and then uh, Mark uh, Mading, also from Germany, uh, came in third. And then for the, the women's race, uh, which, you know, was pretty tight, um, Luz Ardegeest, who won last year, won again. So she came in first. And uh, let me see, uh, Zoe Langham, uh, Great Britain, came in second. And Jacqueline Got B from the United States came in uh, came in third, so there was uh, yeah some some great racing going on um, at at Swift and obviously on the new course in uh, in Scotland in Scotland yeah yeah I'm not a very big indoor trainer and and don't do that a whole lot um, I was a little bit confused about the the screen shots if that's the right word or the the camera angle I don't exactly know what the right word is but it seems like at times the, the cameras were all over the place with the Zwift racing, like mm-hmm. off the back watching somebody that just got dra- dropped. And um, I think in one of the races, did they not even show the guy who ended up um, 
qualifying? They were showing like people in the back. Do you guys have any insight to that? Is is that's not really in, in my bandwidth? Yeah, there was. I agree. That was not optimal. They almost missed the finish from the 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 the, the three um, uh, women's. Uh, okay, they they mm-hmm. just that's got back in was. time. That's um, what it was. And they they were uh, very apologetic, obviously, but they couldn't get the camera angle back again. Um, it's not it's not that you you actually have a cameraman <laughs> with a camera and you punch a button and you know they they, they probably have to flip between the different and then have to connect to the correct rider in order you know to pick up that that rider again and uh, with the correct camera angle um so you know there is some room for improvement there you know at the end of the day it's a software company so if you want to do more with um broadcasting these races i i I think they should invest a little bit more it's getting better uh, but I should invest a little bit more. One other thing that was also, you know, a little bit a bummer uh, were the the, the post interview race uh, interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, Luz Aragues, who she won, her connection was really bad, and she was breaking up. Um, basically, couldn't understand anything that she was saying. So that's you know, that's a bit of a bummer. Um, so you know, th- those are things that. Uh, there's room some for improvement there to make you know mm-hmm. make it more enjoyable for the the people watching yeah okay and then um there was some cyclocross this weekend uh, the basically the last races of the of the season uh, today was the final race for the uh, um x20 cup um where we talked last week about you know Fem van Empel coming back from her vacation, and I, I don't think she rode a lot. <laughs> um, uh, she basically took two weeks off and did two races, um, but she still she still won today. Um, in uh, you know, like we are used uh, from her, so she had a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent lead. And uh, but there was some drama at the start. Did 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 you uh, did did any of you catch? Yeah, that was the pretty. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, pr- pretty much what happened was um, apparently they there was a false start, and Celine threw up her hand and started saying, you know what what's going on here, and um, the race kept going. Um, I didn't see. I know Brand was talking about it at length that she agreed that it was definitely a false start, mm-hmm. but I know Celine was at the back of the pack by the time the race really got going. Yep. Um, was Brand held up as well, or just Celine? Just, just Celine and a couple of others. So you know, the majority. So what happened is that uh, you know you have your pre-race announcement, and they were supposed to start um, based on the on the lights. The lights, yeah, yeah. But, but it took long, and then at some point there was a whistle. Right, and that's you know how normal races would start. So most of the the people and, and the lights were still red. So you know most of the pack, four fifth of the of the riders w- did start, and there was you know maybe a, a dozen of, of riders that were like, oh crap, um, wait, the lights are still red, um, and they didn't start, and and. Uh, Celine was uh, was one of them, and yeah, like you said, she had to start all the way from the back, uh, basically. 
listening listening to Jay Powell today, he was saying that something similar happened yesterday as well. I didn't catch that yesterday. Um, but that that's interesting that two days in a row, um, people really want to get into the off season early, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um so Celine was interviewed after the race and she was livid. She was like angry and frustrated and uh, she said it doesn't matter where i finish and uh, you know but you know it's it's a start protocol if you say that you're going to start based on the lights you know and and then there is in my mind a full start uh, you should call everybody back yeah you should yeah, call everybody yeah. back um or uh, say hey the lights are not working pay attention we're going to start on the whistle or on the gun mm -hmm. or you know whatever uh, method there is and and there was none of that so suddenly there was a missile and yeah you know how it is it's uh, you could be focused on the lights and uh, and and also because it took a little bit longer i think people were just like you know not 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 as focused as as they might have been so but but she was very very upset and you know, I, I I do think that her placing, because she was in good form yesterday, she came in second, um, and um, she she did have a, a chance to uh, pick up second overall, um, and she basically lost that. So, if you look at, you know, the the first place versus the second place and the third place, mm -hmm. there's there's easily you know ten. Twelve thousand dollars prize money difference between the second and the third place. So, yeah, that's uh, that's hard. Uh, and then since he actually went to the um, to the the commissar, the the you know the, the the organizer, and he kind of you know brushed it off like, yeah, um, tough luck. Um, so that that <laughs> that made her even more upset. Um, and it doesn't happen that often with with cyclocross. This is you know. Uh, the first time that I really noticed it, so yeah. Uh, but that was that was cyclocross for this this season. So now you know everybody's up and uh, preparing for whatever racing they they want to do, and um, uh, that will be very very interesting too. So more on that uh, that later. Yeah. One one last thing I wanted to add about mm -hmm. the cross season was I just saw a video um, a few days ago on Instagram about Ella Isabet and his passing technique. And um, Jack and Jerry, I don't know if you guys ever raced any cross. Um, he does this passing technique that I've seen on video now a few times where there's a line of riders in front of him that are slowing down to pedal through a turn. And he jumps off his bike and goes sprinting up the inside of all of these guys mm -hmm. and like gets around the turn ahead of them and back in. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's totally legal, but man, it is an aggressive thing. And it's, uh, it was cool to see that because I hadn't seen that video yet. And it gives you a little bit of insight as to how far these guys are truly pushing each other and, and the course and themselves. It's, it's really interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, dive bombing, but with jumping off your bike so maybe yeah, the feeling is a little bit but pretty cool. yeah <laughs> you also shared the, the one clip that i saw um with uh, uh Mathieu van der Poel passing Wout van Aert and i believe it was Benny Dorm um where he just got you know ahead of him um because there was such a short you know exiting the corner 
corner towards the, the finish line. So he, he did have to make that move um, and, and he did it. And the analysis of the person who, you know, uh, put that video online was was pretty cool. Just, you know, breaking, skidding, mm-hmm. one or two extra pedal strokes, taking the inside yep. line. It didn't look aggressive. I don't think that, but he, he, he just did just a couple of smaller extra things and got the mm-hmm. benefit of, you know, that yep. action go, coming out of that corner. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see um, that, I mean, cross is so valuable as a cross racer, and it's not my full-time thing by any means, but it makes you just such a better bike rider, and it's good to see guys like Pogachar getting out there and doing it, and I know Heinrich Hausler would get out there and race as well. I don't know if he's still in the pro peloton anymore, but uh, it's always good to see and fun. Right, absolutely. So then we have next next week next weekend but you know tomorrow the uae tour starts um you know i think the big favorite is uh, remco a from the pool especially because pokachar is not not racing um and you know what what i've read is that remco a from the pool is basically facing off with the, uh, the the uae team um and because they are uae is bringing a pretty you know pretty good team to the uae tour obviously you know it's like their home race um Mm -hmm. but uh, that that will be very interesting to see it it, you know it it does make for interesting racing the uae tour um i i I like it yeah it's fun for me to watch it brings back memories right right omloop at volk is uh gonna be next weekend um and you know the field is really stacked uh with with a lot of good riders um so if you take uh, jumbo visma you know you have uh, tisbenot afini laporte is there uh, the new uh, rider uh, jan tratnik van barle um, and then van hoydonk um so you know all the classic riders except for wout van aert who is not riding um, Wout van Aert, by the way, he had not the best of training camps. Um, he wasn't able to ride for uh, for two days uh, uh, during the training camp in in Spain. Not sure how that how that will impact his uh, his his, his uh, spring season, but uh, um, that's worthwhile noting. And you know, I ha- I had no idea that Dylan Van Barla moved over to Jumbo Visa. Visa. Oh yeah, Man, that team is super stacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a big move. Wow, how did I miss that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he um um I think that's that's a great move for, you know, he, he won uh, Paris Roubaix. Yeah. Yep. Right. So yep. and he came in second in Tour de Flanders, I believe. Um mm-hmm. so he's uh he's really good. So That's great. Yeah, that that that's gonna, you know, together with Wout van Aert and all the others, right? I think, you know, if you look at uh, Christophe Laporte who basically it was one of the engines for a lot of Wout van Aert's wins. Um, um, you know, if he if he does as well as he did last year, so that's, that's going to be uh, uh, very, very, very cool to see how mm-hmm. that pans out. Mm-hmm. Um, Ineos, great team. So you have Pitcock, mm-hmm. um, Kwiatkowski, Luke Rowe, Magnus Sheffield, Ben Turner. Um, so that team is stacked too. I'm excited to see Magnus Sheffield, the young American. Yeah. That guy is really, uh, really putting it together, and I, I hope he continues to to push. Right. Yeah. Um, I 
didn't I, I don't see um what's his name the the american guy the quinn simmons for track secafredo I, I don't see him on the start list no. uh, for this race uh, which, nope. interesting yeah that is interesting mm -hmm. but they got tom screens who's kind of like our he, he's like an American by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> he's on Twitter. He's on podcasts. Like he's right. one of ours. Right, exactly. <laughs> Let me see quickly. Scanning. A few other Americans, Lawson Craddock for Team J. Koalula will be there, which would be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, Mateo Jurgensen on yep. Movie Star. Yeah. Yep. Kevin Vermark from DSM. I think that's most of the Americans. I, I'm most excited. Uh, I think to see Samuel yeah. Gaze out there. Uh, Sam Gaze, the mountain biker. I know he was racing today and um, actually finished not, you know, up in the the top group. Um, I forget what race he was at, but uh, being a mountain biker, I always like to see the mountain bikers get out there and uh, mm -hmm. do pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be next, uh, next, next weekend. Um Anything else um, on on this weekend's past week racing? Uh, racing in Pennsylvania starts up next weekend too. Stuart and I are going to our semi classic, the Sauerland semi classic. Nice. <laughs> now, so, is it technically a race if it's? I, I just saw today that it's uh, uh, not a mass start this year. That it's oh, really? out between nine and nine o'clock and ten o'clock is what I saw. Oh, that's a bummer. That is. Uh, yeah, events yeah, need to stop doing that. Events need to get back to mass start because um, it makes it so much more fun. So, any event promoters out there listening to us, please return to mass start. It is so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's a ride, but when you get that many people together, it's a really fun hard ride. Yeah. Don't call it a race. Don't want to affect insurance policies. Still a yeah. ride. That's, that's this is exactly. The same. Yeah. yeah, it's the same promoter that puts on Hella Hunterton, which is like a hundred dollar entry fee. Uh, one of the hardest courses. Um, Floyd Landis showed up to it one year. You know, technically a ride, but we were just crushing <laughs> it right at the front. So, right. you know, you got uh, yeah, call it what you will. There was a start time. You paid an entry fee. There's a finish line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let let's stick with uh, so you know that's. Um, uh, you're right. So let's stick with um, you know the local races. Um, are there any updates on the 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 XC Nationals? Yeah, there is. So the promoter um, Gary Klein, he uh, was on Facebook and he said he's getting a lot of questions about the course. They're going to have a race there leading up to Nationals. So everyone was asking if it's going to be the same course. If we can use that as a, a pre-ride. And um, he's going to host a, a Zoom call on Thursday, uh, February 23rd at 6 p.m. So if you go to the Mid-Atlantic Super Series Facebook page, you can see it there. Um, and anyone who wants to get any more information on the race or ask any questions, that's probably the best way to do it. And that's the 23rd at 6? Yes. Putting it on my calendar. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's, that's, that's great to know, uh, Jeff. That's... Uh, something to to look forward to so thursday the 23rd at 6 p.m eastern yeah we'll give an update on the next podcast of uh you know what comes out of that absolutely yes cool um so let's move on to the tech corner um jack do you want to take it away 
Yeah, tech corner. I love cycling tech. <laughs> I like tech in general, but I love cycling tech. And uh, there is no lack of it these days. I mean, there's new announcements coming around all the time. Um, one of the things that I've found very interesting, and this really isn't new tech. It's been around actually a, a couple, three years at least already now, is I don't know if you've heard about Classified Cycling's Power Shift Hub. Um, it basically uh, is a two-gear system in the rear hub. So it allows you to run a one-by up front so you get all the simplicity of a, a, of a one-by. You don't have that pesky front derailleur. You won't have chain drops as you, you know, shift from uh, from the large to the small chain ring or vice versa. But then, you know, it gives all the flexibility of a two-by setup. So you get uh, the same number of gears as you would in a two-by setup with a one-by front front derailleur. And uh, they're, they're, they've just recently announced that Parkour is going to incorporate uh, that hub into their full set of wheels. And Parkour joined DT Swiss, Mavic, well, not Mavic anymore. Uh, fast forward, Envy, Reynolds, Boyd, and Spinergy have all announced that they would start making uh, classic uh, uh, equipped wheel sets. So, uh, you, know, you know, those of us that are old enough to remember the little three-speed hubs where you you turn the twist on the on the handlebar and it right. pulled a little lever, you know, in the rear hub. Well, this is the latest, uh, this is the newest technology. And the way it'll connect up is it'll connect up uh, via a shift lever, a normal shift lever, Bluetooth connection back to the rear hub. So it operates just as an electronic front derailleur would. So the the functionality, you don't have to learn anything new. The functionality is exactly the same, but it eliminates the the uh, the front derailleur. And I'm you know, after ridden a one by setup, I'm all for eliminating that front derailleur. It keeps the chain line in a much better position. So yeah, it's a uh, it's it's pretty interesting. So which one of us is going to be the first with that with that wheel set? <laughs> Me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm totally going to get it. It's, I mean, it's such a great idea with, especially with the bigger gravel bikes with the bigger tire size, where you get limitations from front derailleurs as to the size of the tire. Yeah. Um. So that definitely will be a huge advantage to be able to run a one by. I mean, I could imagine running like a one by twelve axis drivetrain with an Eagle rear derailleur that's a, you know, ten fifty two cassette, and then you put a two by on that. Man, you would have every gear ever invented, pretty right, much. Right. That's right. the it's, issue with the awesome. one buys is that there's a, some pretty large jumps in there, and uh, those of us that are used to the two by setups, I mean, you're not used to having that big of a gear jump to to, to deal with. So this two by would eliminate, or excuse me, the rear hub would completely eliminate that. And it really, really will. I mean, I had always run one by as my road bike I bought two years ago as my first two by I had in years. And um, when I would go out to ride with people on the road, I would never be in the same gear as them. And I hated front derailleurs. Um, I've kind of succumbed to them, but I'm looking forward to getting rid of them again. Yeah. 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 Jack, do you know if they're going to do like synchronous shifting like they do with the DI2 where it just, if you say harder, 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 it automatically shifts to, and then shifts the rear derailleur up. I haven't read uh, that in any of the details that they've announced, but it, I mean, it's all software, so I'm sure yeah. that can be accomplished over time. Even yeah. if it's not their day one, it's just software. Yeah, it would make sense, right? You just yeah. basically mm -hmm. have one shifter, right? Um, yeah. Don't even, because yeah. 
it's irrelevant to have a front derailleur. So why have a shifter for right? <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I assume if it becomes more, uh, more prevalent, the, uh, you know, the, the, the makers, the, the Shimano's of the world, the Shram's of the world, whatever will build that into their, into their software kit for sure. Yeah. The only thing they're really not talking about is the weight of the wheels because they'll give you the weight, but this says doesn't include the actual mechanism. Mm -hmm. So it's basically the hub shell with the wheels and it's, you know, 1300 grams, which is okay, you know, but um, I wonder what the final setup would be like. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Well, I guess that means, Jeff, you'll be out because you're the biggest weight weenie of all of us. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll wait for a V2 for the carbon version. <laughs> well, that leads us into the second topic, which is aero. And, uh, you know, I, I think aero is fascinating, especially for us cyclists. What's the first thing you do when you when you look at a bike? I pick it up to see how much it weighs. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that's the first thing you do. You pick it up yeah. and say, oh, wow. Cause you can feel light, you yep. know, you can feel lightness, you can feel it when you're riding, but study after study after study has proven that unless you're going up Alpe d'Huez, you know, arrows what counts. Yep. So, you know, the arrow of removing that front derailleur is probably far outweighs any of the offset of extra weight that you're carrying in the rear hub. Uh, so yeah, arrow is uh, arrow is the new science, and it it is in. It's even getting down to what we wear. I mean, we know we've seen arrow jerseys and we've mm. seen arrow kits, whatever. Well, Pac just announced their most arrow sunglasses yet. <laughs> they've 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 used computer uh, simulations using uh, you know computational fluid dynamics equations, and they've figured out the airflow around the sunglasses and and that's why big sunglasses are in they're back in is because they're aero they look like hell to tell you the truth to me <laughs> but they're back in because they're aero and it's actually claimed to save you know wattages in the single digits at uh, at 40 kilometers per hour and and you know when you think about it that's about the same amount of savings you get from a clean versus a dirty chain right so, you know, that's that's a, not an insignificant amount. Now, of course, you know, they're yours for only $250. So if you want to pay, you know, <laughs> you can clean your chain for a whole lot less than that. <laughs> for, a, for a whole lot less than that. But, but for somebody looking for the um, for the ultimate in arrow, now we have sunglasses that will uh, that will also assist. Yeah. I, I see this being bigger in the long distance events. Yes. Um you know, a few watts might not really make a whole lot of a difference over that 40 kilometer time trial or something. You know, maybe that's what, two seconds, a second, four seconds, somewhere down there. But over long distance things like um, Unbound XL or for me, racing from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh or back and forth, you know, that two seconds an hour, five seconds an hour really adds up. And it's arrow is everything. And it is something we're looking more and more into. Um, yeah, air yeah. Is, is where it's at. Yeah, and like I said, you can't feel it, but the speed is there. Absolutely, yes. the speed is absolutely there. And and one of the things we've lacked forever is that you know, the the aero testing was only available to somebody that could afford a wind tunnel, time in a wind tunnel, and and that you know pretty much alleviates everybody except the the highest level pro teams. 
Well, now we're seeing sensors being released on the market that will allow you to measure your own coefficient of drag. Um, they're they're early market stage at this at this point in their in their development. But a couple of them I've seen aero sensor is really kind of interesting because it's a three piece unit that uses you know that that has an aero sensor, but then it also has a laser. Uh, that sits on top of the handlebar on top of the stem that measures how far your chest is and how far you're. So it's measuring your position. And then it's also connected up to your bike computer. So it's looking at your power. It's looking at your speed. It's looking at your arrow position and it's allowing, you know, Joe regular like us to be able to actually fine tune our positions on the bike to be more aerodynamic and do it with some level of scientific data. Um, It even is smart enough to figure out whether what direction the wind's coming from, you know, it's sort of like the same type of sensor you see at the, at the front end of an airplane. So it's actually measuring yaw angles from a, you know, from a wind perspective, as well as all these other factors. And it's coming up with a CDA number that you can use then, as I said, to, to fine tune your fine tune your position. Yeah. That's very interesting technology. And there are, there are more aerodynamic type of software. You know, you see more and more with, with 3d type of technology, um uh, with 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 sensors for for the home or for bike fitters obviously and uh i this specific sensor i, I believe it's about 1100 or 1200 dollars yeah it's about like 1200 bucks yeah. for the system so it's it's power meter range you right. know yeah yeah exactly I wonder if individuals themselves will end up buying this or if it will be something along the lines for mountain bikers of a shock whiz where a mm. shop might buy something and rent it out, you know, put a deposit down and, and loan it out to people. I wonder, I wonder who will end end up using it really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Speaking yeah. of arrow, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, sneak peeks of the new specialized Epic mountain bike, but they have, done internal routing to make the mountain bike more aero and all these people are up in arms they're like why do we need aero mountain bikes <laughs> but i mean hey any marginal gains right yeah exactly. yeah well about, and, yeah. and and what a lot of people people don't reckon don't realize is that a cylinder which a cable is every cable is a cylinder cylinders are horrible from an aerodynamic perspective, they create such a shock wave behind them that they're just, you know, they, they increase drag dramatically. Right. So, you know, you know, uh, you know, tubes, round tubes are horrible. That's why we're seeing the truncated aerofoil, uh, tubes on, on bikes these days, even on gravel and mountain bikes. Um, cause yeah, anything that is a cylinder shape is about the worst shape in the world from an aerodynamic perspective, other than maybe a square. <laughs> right but you know if you're not wearing a skin suit on the mountain bike right yeah 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 <laughs> if you're yeah. not shaving your legs <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah you know there are some... actually there's some 
there is some argument that having the right amount of hair on your legs is more aerodynamic than shaving because it creates a little bit of a boundary layer exactly and reduces the reduces the drag around your skin so yeah like at the dimples in a golf ball exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's the same with the uh with, with the aero suits right they are yep not mm -hmm. and the, the aero socks yeah. the aero overshoes it's, yeah it's crazy yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but you know but that but that leg hair is going to carry weight, uh, water, yeah. right? And that's that's right. weight. Right. That's rotating weight. I don't want that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's pretty horrible if you have to put a bandage over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah or, exactly. or, or people, you know, yeah, tuck, your, tuck, your, tuck your knees in a little bit more, uh, tuck your elbows in a little bit more, right? That's, mm -hmm. that, these are all things that you can do right now in order to reduce some... Uh, you know, re reduce some drag on the bike. Um, so, yeah, but it is interesting. And, you know, it, it's it's now $1,200 and maybe, you know, in three, four years from now, it's it maybe a couple of hundred, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's great. Yeah, and this this is, you know, the sensor you were talking about, I, I believe it, it is an engineer or a group of engineers that came out of Formula One. Formula F1. One, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Formula One engineers that developed it. Who would have thought Formula One technology enters the cycling realm? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where they really make their money, right, in cycling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget that F1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do believe that um, Porsche made a bike mclaren mm -hmm. made a bike at some point yep. um ferrari also you know these were these one-off projects i don't know we have a wind tunnel nobody's using it let's build a bike i don't know yeah, yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. Um, super expensive super exclusive but uh yeah what uh what the heck let's just do it so excellent a couple of uh, uh, smaller things, you know, looking at the, the cycling industry, um, uh, mixed bag here again, you know, things are going well. For others, it's they're not going that well. Um, so, you know, there is, um, you have Parley, um, the the bike, uh, bike builder. Um, so they are potentially looking at... Uh, or they 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 actually filed for bankruptcy, um, I believe, um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, you know the brand has been around for twenty three years, um, and um, yeah, so that's that's sad to hear. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, they had a very loyal group of followers for the Parlay uh, brand, um, so that's uh, that that's sad news uh, for them. Um, and, um, but then on the flip side, you had Shimano, you know, um, they had a, a, a record year in 2022. Um, I don't know how they did it because, you know, <laughs> um, components haven't been read, readily available for the longest time, but, uh, they still had a record year in 2022. So that, that, you know, that's, yeah, that's two in a, you know, two in a row. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a uh, guy on the ride yesterday that works at REI, and they said they're so overstocked with components from Shimano. Oh, really? Okay. They're like, yeah, they're blown out like Durace pedals for like fifty percent off. I was like, really? Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. But he was <laughs> good, to, good to know. Yeah. yeah, 
he was riding the new 12-speed Ultegra, and he said it's the best components he's ever ridden. And I, I think that's what's really been carrying them, is that release of the 12-speed. Everyone was just waiting and waiting for years, and then they just jumped on it you know, and did the upgrade. I know at least four people that have upgraded their bikes to that 12-speed Durace or Ultegra. Yeah, I've got Altegra 12 on my bike, and it's really sweet. It's very, yeah. very nice. Yeah, and then we have the imminent 105 Di2 coming out, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, that's just yeah, that's going to be a game changer. Yeah, yeah, Di2 for the masses, right? Yeah, that will be a game changer. Yeah. Then going back to the you know the the ongoing, it's like a uh, soap opera, right? The bold <laughs> and the beautiful, or you know, uh, what other shows do you have? But. Uh, uh, on Strava, um, the 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 CEO is is leaving, um, and I believe it's for the for the second time. Um, yeah, that's uh, following that public relations disaster they had around their pricing increase. That news article did not surprise me at all. I just can imagine the. The board of directors going, oh God, look what this guy got us into. So <laughs> it says says he resigned. Somehow I think he was maybe asked to resign. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he, he got the nudge. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Normally, normally you see in this situation, you know, they leave, but they 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 you know they hang around as an advisor or <laughs> something yeah, like none that. Of that. None of that. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's none of that is you really yeah. messed up. So so, you know, yeah, if he was resigning, that. he would have had his replacement all in place to, right. to not deal with a leadership gap. The fact that they he resigned without a replacement in place is really a, a indicator that this was not planned at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he, he picked a fight with DC Rainmaker, right? And yes. that guy's got millions of followers. It's like the the people have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and the people have won in this uh, case, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it cost them real money too, because it it did force a lot of people to evaluate: Do I need premium? Yeah. If uh, if they had not done it in the way that they had done it, I I doubt they would have created that uh, decision event. But the way they announced it, it it, it gave everybody enough of. Uh, of a pause to say, hmm, do I am I really using this premium stuff? So I I think it cost them a, you know, I don't know how much. You know, we don't none of us know the financials, but I'm sure it's not a trivial trivial amount of revenue that that um, that decision cost. Yeah. I agree. Right. And then, you know, the last piece of news that that we have is, you know, if somebody has about 300 million lying around <laughs> you 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 could be able to uh buy pinarello um so uh, they're looking to uh to sell pinarello or pinarello is is looking at you know buying back um yeah <laughs> so i found that yeah. very interesting that uh that pinarello himself is thinking of buying it back from the private equity owner and trying to find another equity owner to 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 move it forward so that's right. that's interesting and you know when you shared that with us jerry i looked at 250 million dollars that's not that that much and you know i dug a little bit deeper you know pinarello sales are only like 10 million mm-hmm 
you know, dollars a year. It's not, or excuse me, a hundred million dollars a year. That's compared to a Trek, which is a billion. Right. They're, they're not a huge, you, you think of Pinarello as the ultimate bike, you know, it's Ineos Grenadiers. It's the Dogma F. I mean, it's the bike yeah. everybody wants to own, but it's, you know, they're not, they're not that big. Yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, like you said in in dollars. It was uh, about a hundred million in dollars in twenty twenty two. They did have a big increase, I believe, in a twenty four percent increase. But uh, yeah, so two hundred fifty, three hundred million dollars. Um, that that's so. So you know, it's funny that the. Uh, um, they bought Pinarello. When was it? Um, let me see. Let me look at the data. But you know, in uh, two thousand six, two thousand sixteen for, for ninety million for yeah. ninety million uh, euros. Yeah. Um, euros, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's uh, seven years ago, and it, you know, for for an investor, and it was it was you know the luxury brand, which you know the 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 main is a uh, Louis Vuitton. That's that's mm-hmm. one of their. Uh, their brands that they have in their portfolio, um, you know, um, so that 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 was that was back then already an interesting move. Um, but you know, they they grew and grew and grew. So they you know they did do a good job in in growing the company. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. And uh, so you know, looking at an investor, an, another you know option is Acel, um, which is the biggest. Um, bike manufacturer, I believe, worldwide. So, um, and they are, they also have an interest in in buying uh, Pinarello. Um, so, yeah, let's see, let's see how that goes. So, you know, maybe if um, we win the Powerball, I don't know, <laughs> it would be cool. I don't. If I win the Powerball, I don't think I'm going to buy Pinarello Company. Maybe I'll uh, build a, a raise indoor bike park for uh, the Pennsylvania area. Right. I, might, <laughs> I, I might buy a Pinarello bike, but, yeah. but not the company. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Not the company. Yeah. Buy a Pinarello, not the yeah. Pinarello. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe invest uh, a little bit of money in the in the in the Coatesville uh, uh, velodrome. Right? Yeah, that's, that's a yeah. nice project too. Maybe something mm-hmm. for a future a podcast. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. We uh, we are at the hour, um, dear friends. So, you know, we talked about technology. We talked about you know the pro cycling, the cycling industry. So, you know, for everybody listening, if there is any topic that you want us to have a look at, um, please feel free to uh, comment on the podcast. Uh, we are also on Facebook. Um, you can find us on uh, the website, uh, obviously. You know, don't hesitate to reach out. We're very interested to uh, uh, to get feedback and to um, to hear if you have any interesting topics uh, to, to discuss. Um, and uh, next week we'll be recording again on Sunday. Um, and like we just said, a UAE tour. Omloop at Folk, and there's probably going to be a ton of more news in, uh, in 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 cycling. Any closing questions, guys? Nope, uh, none, nope. nope, none for me. Okay, yeah. excellent. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again in the next podcast. Thank you. See ya. Ciao. Ciao. Good job. Yeah.